3: Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris.
4: All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to hour number two of our broadcast. As usual, we have a fantastic guest with us. This is the first time he's been with us. Really interesting background. Carl Gallups is the longtime senior pastor of Hickory Hammock. Baptist Church, right here in Florida, up in Milton, Florida, which is in the panhandle. But then before that, for 10 years, he was a police officer. Uh, so, an interesting background. And I believe this is his fifth or sixth book. And it is just fascinating this book. Uh, it's called Gods and Thrones Nakash, Forgotten Prophecy, and the Return of the Elohim. Pastor Carl Gallops, welcome to Jim Paris Live.
5: Hey, Jim. Thank you so much, Man, It's a, it's an honor to be with you. I, I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks for having me.
4: Thank you, sir. Uh, let me ask you, you know, we just did our last hour about the Las Vegas shooting and, you know, who knows what would ultimately happen with all that. But when you look at what's happening in the world today, you've got North Korea, all of these earthquakes going on, natural disasters. They're, they're now getting into genetically modifying babies and three parents combining their DNA to have one single baby. How far off could we really be from the return of Christ? I mean, if Christ comes back too much longer, if he waits too much longer, there's not going to be anything left here that he's going to recognize from his creation.
5: Yeah, you would think so. Hey, Jim, listen, that's an excellent question. People ask it all the time. And uh, as a response to that, that's what my last book not my latest book my latest book is called gods and thrones my last book was called is called when the lion roars both of them still uh, unbelievable bestsellers thank you lord but uh but when the lion roars i i answer that question and the the deal is this look we are living in the most profoundly prophetic time since the first coming of jesus christ now i'm going to back that up but before i do I want your audience to know that I've been the pastor of one church on the Gulf Coast for 31 years. It's a good-sized church. I do a lot of media. I travel the world. We do missions all over the world. In other words, I'm out there. A lot of my stuff is peer-reviewed and peer-checked. I'm not a date setter. I'm not a super over-sensationalist. I use those words super over because a lot of what I say is sensational because we're living in sensational times. But I don't over-dramatize what's right before our eyes eyes. Prior to being in the ministry, Jim, as you said, I I I was a Florida law enforcement officer in two different sheriff's offices. One of those, I did my own criminal investigation. So, you know, 40 years of dealing at the gut level of life, criminal investigations and in and out of jails and prisons and law enforcement and now ministry and in the the gut levels of ministry, preaching and teaching the word uh, all over media, uh, expressing my opinions. And so I said all of that just so your audience will have an idea of who's going to speak to them these next few words. Here's the bottom line. We're the first generation since the first coming of Jesus Christ to be experiencing a convergence, a rapid, like a flood, convergence of major prophetic signs. I won't bore your audience right now. I know this is live radio, and, and I'm not intending to preach for two hours to anybody, but let me just run them off. I mean, we're the first generation to be living in the historical time frame of the return of Israel. That was a 2,600-year-old prophecy. It only happened 70 years ago. When Israel returned, there were just three major networks, grainy black and white TV TV. In that short little 70 years, look where we've gone. We've, you know, we've gone to the moon. We're doing space shuttles. We're flying through the air and in supersonic aircraft. I mean, on and on. Nuclear warfare, internet technology, cell phones, CRISPR-Cas9, genetic editing. I mean, all of that explosion, and it's still exploding, to the point that the tech leaders. Elon Musk's and otherwise, are some of the leading scientists are saying, oh my gosh, we've opened Pandora's box. AI is getting away from us. Robotics getting away from us. Genetic splicing getting away from us. What do we do? Stem cell research getting away from us. The the people who are on the cutting edge of bringing this to us are now panicking. We're the first generation in history to see this explosion of tech. But not only that, But to understand, man, this could be abjectly evil. Now, I am a pro-technology guy. What you and I are doing right now, Jim, look at all the technology we're using to reach the world with truth. Praise God for that. I'm a techno-geek. But I also realize that from that same tree of good also comes unspeakable evil because Satan's always manipulating whatever, whatever is produced. So we're the first generation, but think of this too, Jim. We're the first generation to see Russia and China come to the Middle East in Syria, a collapsing, irrecoverable civil war in Syria. They've brought their military troops. They've combined their military troops. Russia is now in conjunction with Iran like never before. Iran and North Korea have been in conjunction with each other in mainstream media headlines advertising that they're swapping nuclear secrets and information. On top of all of that, the rise of ISIS, the collapse of the Middle East, the extermination of Christianity in the Middle East, Israel surrounded by enemies, Turkey falling into Islamic Caliphate, uh, borders collapsing around the world, European Union, the United States. Uh, FBI tells us they're tracking ISIS cells in all 50 states. We don't know yet, but it could be that there are ISIS connections to the Las Vegas massacre. And on and on and on we go. And, of course, yes, now, you know, people are looking at, you know, the earthquakes and the volcanic eruptions and all of these things, that uh, the natural occurrences. I don't look so much at those natural occurrences uh, as much as I do at the clear prophetic happenings like the return of Israel and, and the alignment yeah, you of make nations the, in the you Middle make East. you make
4: the case cetera. in uh it kind of gives me chills because, you know, I remember as a young person reading the late great planet Earth and I grew up as a, a Christian. i uh, was in, you know, high school in, in uh the early nineteen eighties. I went to high school, was in that whole seventies uh Jesus generation, you know, went to the to the uh Jesus festivals and all that. And remember all the talk about prophecy And then there was sort of this disappointment, like, the Lord didn't come back, and it's already 1990. But then when you look at where we're at today, it's like, wow, if you were never convinced we're in the last days, it's like this is like the last, 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 last sliver, I think, of what we have left here. Now, your new book is just fascinating. The cover just gets my attention because God's enthrones, Thrones, Forgotten Prophecy, and the Return of the Elohim. And you've got here... A picture on here, it looks like the Greek gods. And um, I know some people have sort of a twisted theology where they, they think that there are multiple gods, capital G. That's not, I know what you're talking about. So tell us what the crux of this book is and the Elohim and, and who these, these uh, beings are.
5: Yeah, thank you so much. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm solid in my theology, brother. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. And the title is meant to be provocative, even, and eye-catching and thought-provoking. Gods, when I use that term, of course, you know, and then you see the little Greek pantheon. But here's the deal. We know from the Scriptures that the Lord God, the first two commandments were, have no other, what? Gods before you and do not make any graven images unto those gods. Well, people say, oh he was just talking about idol worship but wait a minute if if there was no such thing in the in the in the uh, heavenly realms as fallen ones, uh, why would the Lord God why would he even bother with saying look don't 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 make a stick and worship it but, I mean I mean the thing is is that, there are there are foundational rallying points for the demonic just like God gave his own children in the wilderness a tabernacle and an ark and he says look meet with me here after the sacrifice is made after the cleansing is made I will meet with you here it's all pastor gallops truth.
4: we're gonna hold you there cuz we've got our commercial break we got four minutes and we'll be back picking it up talking about the Elohim and small capital g gods who are we talking about here that and more don't miss it we'll be back hi this is radio talk show host jim paris and if you are like me you hate all of those monthly bills
1: you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-774-3149 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-774-3149. Again, that's 800 774 3149
3: This just in, before your doctor gives you another antibiotic prescription that you don't want. Get this free report, The Miracle of Garlic, Your First Home Medicine. This free report is filled with easy kitchen remedies for common colds, flus, sore throats, ear infections, and more. Plus, learn to boost your immunity before you get sick. Go now to GCNWellness.com. Just like it sounds, GCNWellness.com to get your free report, The Miracle of Garlic. Click GCNWellness.com.
2: Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158.
1: Actual testimonials from real Numana customers. I've tried all kinds of food storage, and
4: Numana is by far the best.
6: I'm a single mom with two teenage boys and a full-time job. I don't always have time to cook a four-course meal. That's where Numana's been such a blessing. I can spend less time in the kitchen and more time on what matters most, like helping with homework.
0: Find out for yourself. Order online at thepowermall.com. That's thepowermall.com. Numana is
6: Food
1: stores I love to eat. Yum!
0: Thepowermall.com
3: We're listening to Jim Paris Live.
4: All right, we are back. The book is Gods and Thrones. Pastor Carl Gallops is with us. Uh, this is a newly released book. You can get it. It looks like it's the release date is actually uh, a week from now, but Amazon is showing that you can buy it now, even though it's not officially yeah. uh, the release date. So you can go to Amazon right now, folks, and you can grab a copy of this. Um, I, I want Before we go back to Elohim, I know I watched an interview earlier today of you on YouTube, and you said that a lot of this was taught at your church on Sunday nights. Uh, did you, do you make available any of your teachings on either YouTube or on audio that people can access or buy? Uh,
5: not necessarily. We do make them available to the folks in our church, but uh, I haven't you know, put everything that I teach um, online in that manner we I, I listen i i'm the founder of the pnn news and ministry network we have thousands of teaching videos up there but but no i i rarely take specific preaching and teaching and and put them online uh just because it goes worldwide and you know it's just <laughs>
4: yeah and then it also probably I, might destroy uh yeah. like let let people get the book and then maybe release yeah. i can yeah. see like the teaching on this being released later for those that want to kind of go to the next step. Now, you were telling us about the Elohim. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of weird things in the Bible that, you know, as a guy myself that went to Bible college, they kind of skip over things. It's like, we're just not going to talk about that. And, and, And one of the things is when we get into this whole question of there being many gods, small g, the Elohim, we get into things like the Nephilim, um, we just skip those things, <laughs> Gen- yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Not, yeah. not really something that we want to talk about, but to talk about the Elohim a little bit more in, in the small Thanks. g gods that we're talking yeah. about and their return.
5: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah, I will I will do that. And let me just say, the thing about this book, yes, I, I taught this, I've been teaching this stuff for 30 years in one form or another, but what this book does uniquely, and I've had best-selling authors that have read this and are familiar with the theology here, who have written me back and said, oh my gosh, this book is unprecedented. There's nothing like this that connects the dots from Genesis to Revelation like this, lays the theological groundwork, and then brings it right Right into today's headlines, then takes it right into the individual Christian's life, then takes it into the future as to what's coming in the coming age and our ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. And I've had people tell me, that there's nothing like this out there. And, and I hope there will be more and more, but the truths that are in this book are attested to by scholarly works for you know years past, plus some recent works, but again, nothing that connects it like this. And so I'm excited about it. Every time I've taught this stuff to my church, it just transforms people's lives. I got two emails from a church member yesterday um, uh, saying that same thing. But anyway, the bottom line, I want people to know the premise of this. Gods and thrones. What this is, Jim, the word Elohim is the most prolific name for God in the Bible. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. That's the Hebrew word. But the word is like our word deer or buffalo, it can be singular or plural but it's always used spelled the same way it depends on the verb and the and the uh, other words around it and the context so if i say look deer well one deer 10 deer a herd of deer what Buffalo? What? One buffalo? A herd of buffalo are coming? What? Well, it depends. I've got to put it in context. Elohim is the same way. It's one of those kinds of words in the Hebrew, and it. But it is th- used almost three thousand times for the name of God Himself. But it is also used in context for the name of. For the collective name of the divine realm, the angels, the seraphim, the cherubim, the divine host, the heavenly host, the divine council, the heavenly council of God, all of these things that are spoken of in the Scriptures. And so sometimes we run across Scriptures where it says, and God is in the assembly amidst the assembly, or God is in heaven amidst the assembly of of God's little g. So what does that mean? Well, that means he's surrounded by the heavenly host. He's surrounded by his angelic glory. Look, we see it in Revelation 4 and 5 when John's caught up to heaven. He says, well, here's what I saw. I saw the throne and him who sat on it, the one who was in the middle of the throne, Jesus, holding the scroll with the seven seals. Around the throne were other thrones, 12 other thrones. Around them were the living creatures. Around them were the 10,000 times 10,000 angels. That's the heavenly host. That's the God's little g. That it's the Elohim with the little E, if you will, Elohim with a capital E is God. there's only one God who creates only one sovereign Lord, but he created the heavenly realm. These and are all then-
4: created these are all created beings, yes, and, and uh Pastor Gallups, I know that one of the things that we think of when we think of angels is we think of sort of these like mystical. You know, like you said, like sitting on a cloud, playing a a harp, these sorts of images are in our minds, but, and especially we don't think of an angel as having a physical presence, a physical being, but yet in Genesis chapter 6, we get into some weird stuff where angels are having sex with human women. How does that happen if there's not a physical uh, shell to that being, if they're doing those things?
5: Right. Well, and and it's disputed and debated among scholars about whether there was actual sexual acts or if it was really angelic beings or could it have been human line of Seth. I mean, all of those arguments are out there, and I talk about them in my book. But the bottom line, though, you've hit on something, Jim, that's extremely important. And I'm not going to avoid your question about Genesis 6 because, as you know, I've got chapters on that in my book. But the bottom line is this. From Genesis to Revelation, whenever angelic beings are presented to us, and there are in our presence, whether we're taken into the throne room of God through Ezekiel or Daniel or Isaiah or John, uh, or whether they're on earth, they always appear in the physical. So you're right. They're not little wispy, smoky, uh, ghostly things. They they are interdimensional beings, and I've got a whole chapter that explains the reality of that in a way that usually knocks people's socks off, But but they are interdimensional beings. They are the first creation of God. They are the Elohim little E, the gods, little G. And so the point I'm making with my title, though, is there's a certain number, of course, that are fallen and have followed Satan, uh, one of the ultimate Elohim little g according to isaiah 14 and ezekiel 28 but there's a certain number that are now the powers behind the thrones of the earth paul tells us that in ephesians 6 you know uh verse 12 that our battle is not against flesh and blood
4: but it's now do you think pastor gallops that these are are people today that we know by earthly names that are physically here that are are actually you know maybe uh, in high positions of power that actually appear as humans.
5: I'm sorry, Jim. I don't understand your question. I, I was. I'm sorry.
4: Could you repeat that? Did we break up there? Yeah. So, so some would say that an angel sort of appears and then disappears. Uh, there was what that TV show "Touched by an Angel" or "Highway to oh. to Heaven." But what I'm saying is, could could a could an actual small g God Elohim? Uh, be walking the earth today looking like a human being maybe even in a position of power somewhere on the earth maybe a president of a country maybe a head of a big uh, corporate conglomerate that is is inhabiting an earthly body looking like an a a human being but but something much more than that
5: well well i hear the music jim so all right so we'll set
4: it up we'll set it up for that Uh, cliffhanger we'll get the answer when we come back because i've always been fascinated uh, about angels in physical form and i actually even have a story in my own family where angels were seen and i'll share that when we get back from this break stay tuned North Korea
3: openly threatens the U.S. and launches a new missile every other week. Their warhead of choice? Electromagnetic pulse. Such an event would cripple the U.S. power grid for years and leave millions in the dark. Are you ready? You can be with a Solark EMP-hardened solar generator. Solark works day in and day out to keep your essentials protected. You can have peace of mind knowing your power will be there when you most need it. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to see EMP testing. That's
1: PortableSolarLLC.com. Energy insurance for your family. With nearly 70 years of history engineering bunkers, today, Atlas Survival Shelters is still the authority. Atlas offers 18 different choices, from commercial tornado shelters to underground nuclear fallout shelters, starting at just $99.99, with 100% financing available, comfortable interiors, and state-of-the-art air filtration systems. Atlas Survival Shelters are the most popular private survival shelters in the world. Call 1-855-4-BUNKER now, or visit atlassurvivalshelters.com.
3: Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759 That's 1-800-959-5759 1-800-959-5759
1: Back pain doesn't take vacations It never celebrates holidays It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one inch in incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc, herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-510-BAC. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855 510 back to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855 510 back. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery.
3: are listening to Jim Paris Live.
4: The book is Gods and Thrones. Pastor Carl Gallops is with us. And here's quickly my angel story, Pastor Gallops. My grandfather told me this story, and it's kind of been passed down through the generations. When my mother was still a young child, and there was five of them, uh, he was awakened in the middle of the night and about 2, 3 in the morning in their home just south of Chicago. And they he walked uh, into the room where their gas heater was and he saw two seven-foot physical beings standing in front of their gas heater with their arms outstretched and he was scared to death uh... they immediately disappeared and he went over to where the gas heater was and saw that the pilot light was out and the gas was pouring out and he shut it off immediately but they would have all died had whatever these angelic beings were which were physical beings according to what he said he saw and he'll you know he told that story to the day he died with without changing it and it was a story that give me chills every time I heard it
5: yeah, and Jim, there are many like that out there, and and there are stories like that in the Bible. <laughs> there are there are ac- accounts. I'm going to use the word accounts of of angelic visitations, and they are always in the physical, and they're not wispy little smoky things, but you know, fat babies sitting on a cloud playing a harp. They are mighty warriors. Some of them fierce warriors, and 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 and, and I mean, we read in some passages of scriptures where it only takes one or two angels to defeat an entire army. of of human warriors, and so every time they're presented from Genesis to the book of Revelation, they are presented in human form, in physical, literal human form. And so so your question, and let me get back to where I was. I was tying it all together. In Ephesians 6, we think of that passage about spiritual warfare that Paul says, but think of it deeper now, understanding what we know about the Elohim, the gods, little g, the angelic realm, the other dimension, the interdimensional reality of God's creation. We go to Ephesians 6, and Paul says, look, your battle is not against flesh and blood like you think you see, but it is against powers of wickedness, principalities, strongholds in in, in heavenly places in the divine realm. So we relegate spiritual warfare, Jim, oftentimes in modern American Christianity, as to, well, man— I, I wanted two bowls of ice cream, but I only ate one. I had some real spiritual uh, warfare last night. Did yeah, yeah. Satan
4: get no. thee behind me? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not no. gonna get the second plate of ribs tonight. That's <laughs> right. And that is not what spiritual warfare
5: is about. That's your own fleshly stupidity you're dealing with. Spiritual warfare are the gods, little g behind the thrones. Headed by the God little g that wants to be God big G, and he says in Isaiah fourteen and Ezekiel twenty eight, and I'm paraphrasing and conflating them together that I will ascend to the throne of the Most High Elohim. I will be God. I will rule. And this the is earth.
4: Satan talking, and I I want to get into Baal because there's some disturbing things in your book about Baal and Baal worship in present day. But just to go back to this again because I'm fascinated with this whole physical. So it, could I? You know, for example, could I be having lunch tomorrow and sitting across from me at a table across the restaurant is a small G God. But I wouldn't know. But they're physically there in that restaurant. I mean, is, is this what we're talking about? Or are these folks not here today, but they're coming for this final battle?
5: Yeah. Jim, listen, there is the distinct possibility, the Scripture play, says that clearly, that to be careful how we treat strangers because we might at times be entertaining angels is what the wow, book of says. Wow, that Hebrews gives me chills says.
4: when you say that. That's, that's well,
5: amazing. Well, but that's what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's a possibility. But there are also warnings in the Scripture, and I want to make sure before we go any further that I say this too, that we're also warned. Look, don't be you know, don't be summons, trying to summons the angels. Don't worship angels. I know you don't. I'm just saying to your audience, don't 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 hold angels up as as some kind of God. Maybe Big G. Be very careful about this, because here's the deal: the Bible's clear. Satan himself can appear as an angel of light, and we can be deceived and we can uh, we can put so much emphasis on looking for something from another dimension to come to us that Satan will oblige the fallen ones the fallen Elohim so so can it be that we entertain angels from time to time unawares? yes, the Bible says that to God's people to God's people it yeah. says that so now,
4: so that on could the cover be. here you've got the the uh all of the you know Greek mythological figures and and yeah. some have said, there's something more here than just sort of a, a metaphor that that yes. these that this is is not just in greek culture in many cultures there are these these figures do you think that this is sort of passing down maybe some real life physical interactions with some of these small g gods yes
5: Absolutely. And that was a point I was making uh, back in our very first segment about the commandments. When God, the first two commandments are, are, and I'm going to paraphrase, do not mess with these small g gods. Do not make idols to them. Do not build foundational platforms of worship. Uh, Do not call upon them. God says, this is detestable. If you do this, I will punish you to generations beyond you. Your children's children will pay for that sin if you do it. Basically what he's saying to Put it in modern vernacular you start getting into that kind of realm and and whatever opens those doors, whether it's uh, absolute you know drug abuse or occultic rituals or whatever, you will open some doors from the other realm that Satan you're giving him and the fallen Elohim legal authority to come into your life in that way. That's wow. why God says, do not do this. So yes, down through the ages, you know they've been presented as what we would call the Greek mythology or or whatever, all the different mythologies from the from the ancient Canaanites right on up to modern culture. But what God is warning us, Jim, and what I'm trying to do in my book is to warn people These are not just little mythological ideas. There are actual demon entities behind these mythological ideas. Satan doesn't care what you bow down to as long as you don't bow your knee to Jesus Christ. And so that's the point that Paul was making when he said, look, you better be careful. Our our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against... Powerful entities, principalities that are in the unseen realm, but are yet working behind the thrones. And, and then, the book course- is
4: "Gods and Thrones." You can get it right now over at Amazon.com. "Gods and Thrones." The author Carl Gallup's is with us. G A L L U P S. And we're going to use our next segment to talk about uh, naycash because that's a new term for some of us. Um, so we're going to talk about that in our next uh, uh, segment. Uh, but let's start right now by talking about uh, bail or bail, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, it, it, it what is what is the deal with a uh, some type of an alter to bail is is like making a world tour T- tell us about that.
5: Yeah, that, that's been heavily documented, but again, I connect the dots here, and uh, I've noticed some other uh, theologians and authors are beginning to make those uh, same connections. I know my good friend Jonathan Kahn recently had done the same thing, but uh, prior to that, yeah, I've been writing about that, and, 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 and the fact is there's an, there's an archway to Baal uh, called the Palmyra Arch, Palmyra, Syria, that was reconstructed because ISIS destroyed the Baal Temple that the Romans built, and then the archway. The archway represents entrance into the domain of Baal. Now, in English, we call it Baal. In Hebrew, it would be Baal, B-A-A-L, but it's one of the most ancient, pagan gods, if you will. Uh, Really, nothing more than Satan himself. Jesus says in the New Testament that Beelzebub, which means Lord of the flies, Baal means Lord, uh, is none other than Satan. Jesus tells us who Baal is. And all the way back in the Old Testament, we read about the children of Israel always coming under the influence of this idol. And it was involved sacrifice of your children uh, to the fires. It involved sexual immorality, homosexual acts, all manner of Perversion, drug abuse, alcohol. And that altar was actually even in New York City, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting to is that is that then they took that 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 gateway to all of this perversion, they recreated it and they started taking it around to world centers, to London, to New York, to Dubai, to to uh, to Italy, uh, to Florence, Italy, and every time they took it to a place, it was always corresponding to an ancient pagan holiday of Baal worship or to the meeting of globalist agendas to summits. Wow. And
6: and wow. And the G seven, et cetera.
4: One more segment. We're still gonna have time to talk about the forgotten prophecy and also what are we talking about? Nacash, we'll talk about that. The book Gods and Thrones, Carl Gallups is with us. One more segment. We'll be right back. Hello everybody, this is Radio Talk Show host Jim Paris for freesurvivalgifts.com. If you're a survival buff like me and like to try out the latest survival gear and gadgets, then you're going to absolutely love freesurvivalgifts.com. At freesurvivalgifts.com, you will find a wide array of survival gear, books, and videos that are all 100% free. That's right, just pay your own shipping. Now, I know you're asking, why is all of this survival gear free? Well, the companies offering this gear are doing so as a way to promote their brand and introduce new products. Check it out today, freesurvivalgifts.com. Pick up one or more free survival items for you and your family. That website, again, is freesurvivalgifts.com. Check it out, gifts. Gifts.com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. $39.95 plus shipping and handling. Use discount code GCN and receive 15% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter and get your Bug Assault today.
3: you're listening to jim paris live
4: we are back we are live with you on sunday nights our final segment uh, so much in this book uh, you know it's hard to do a one-hour interview and then have the commercials and really get into very much but i guess that's a good thing because you're going to want to go out and get the book it's called gods and thrones Nakosh, forgotten prophecy And the return of the Elohim. The book is written by Carl Gallops and uh, Pastor Gallops. I did a little research on Nakash, if that's how it's pronounced, and that means serpents. And what are we talking about here when we're talking about serpents?
5: Yeah no I yeah I have a, a, a several chapters that go into quite detail. It's a, yeah you asked how it's pronounced uh, in in the Hebrew it'd be it would be more like Nachash N A W Nachash. Uh, but the bottom line is yeah the the word Nachash can mean serpent and that Which, by is the way what, I
4: always think of Garden of Eden and the serpent and maybe that's wrong that that's where that comes from but
5: yeah no that's where I was going is that oh, Wow that, okay. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what I'm trying to unpack here is that the word Nakash means serpent um, in the same way that we would use the word snake and we say okay th- that means a snake like I see a snake over there in the grass. But listen to the phrase I just used, snake in the grass. We also use that for human beings too with no problem at all. We understand. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the Hebrew lexicon, the Hebrew dictionary, is very very clear that that word and the several variations of it in the Hebrew Hebrew can mean a literal snake, if you will, but it is also used, and then it says in the Hebrew lexicon, especially of the being Satan, because it means someone, a being, a person who who whispers magically, who is deceptive, who is manipulative, uh, also someone who is looking into the future at all times as to how he can manipulate the future. Well, the point that I make in the book is that if you start in Genesis 3 and it says the serpent in the garden. And if you go to Ezekiel 28, where God is talking about Satan as a cherub angel, one of the cherubim, not a talking snake, but but God says of Satan, you were in the garden, you 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 beautiful cherub. Then when you go to Revelation 12 and it says that that old that ancient dragon, the serpent who is Satan. So we know that the serpent, the nakash in the garden, is not a literal talking snake, and it's not about a woman eating a piece of fruit and everybody now goes to hell because of it. It's a metaphor for something dark and nasty and horrific that happened there. God pushed the reef set button between there and Noah's flood and Genesis 6 and destroyed all living flesh because of everything that happened from the garden to the days of the flood so knockosh we need to get it out of our head that when we see that word serpent, we're never presented in the Bible with Satan as a literal snake or him having possessed a snake that talks. If Eve had run across a talking snake, she would have done what any woman would do today. She would scream. She would run the other way. But instead, she was presented with the most alluring, beautiful creation God ever made. Read Isaiah 14. Read Ezekiel 28. And God says in Ezekiel 28, and you were in the garden. And then, by the way, he tells Satan and I kicked you out I put you out because of your profanity you committed a profane act you were declared profane that's in Ezekiel 28 so when we read the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation, put the whole story together, we begin to realize that what happened in the garden was way deeper than a talking snake of a children's cartoon convincing a woman to eat a piece of fruit. It it, it was way deeper than that, and I unpacked the whole thing in my book from Genesis to Revelation and listening to what the New Testament writers said about the Garden of Eden and what actually happened. But the term nakash, I can use it, I can say, look at that snake in the grass." And I find that there's a rattlesnake, or I can say, "Old Joe Blow lied about me and destroyed my life. He's nothing more than a snake in the grass." The term is used the same words, but different meaning altogether. Naksh is the same. It's going to be a long. It's going,
4: yeah. It's going to be a long night for me because I'm going to have to read a lot of this book now (laughs) before I go to bed. I hope you will. (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm sitting here on the edge. I'm like, okay, I've got to. But but it, it 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 you know you're a, you're a pastor thirty one years of a Baptist church so for those people just tuning in, um, you can't get very far off the reservation as far as theology goes <laughs> if you're a pastor for thirty one years of a Baptist church so this is all Bible based footnoted uh, I think you use like thirty six reference uh, Bibles yeah. uh, sources yeah, I mean no, yeah no, this yeah, because just... this sounds crazy to some people who may have never heard a lot of this yeah. but it's making more sense to me your definition and explanation of the small g gods. So before I ask you about the forgotten prophecy, am I jumping too far to say small g god when I'm talking about Satan himself?
5: Yeah, no, you're not jumping too far at all. In fact, he declares in Isaiah that he is going to be big G God. He's not going to. He doesn't want to be like God. He wants to be God. He doesn't want to sit on a similar throne. He wants to sit on God's throne, and to be the God of gods is what he says, the big G of little g's. So he wants to rule the earth. He wants to rule the heavens, and it is diabolical. It is wicked. It is nasty. And, yes, my book, I use 36 scholarly commentaries and scholarly research sources, and 24 scholarly translations of the scriptures, as well as appealing to modern-day language experts who speak the languages of the uh, ancient biblical languages. And so it is a very scholarly work, but I bring it to the level of everybody on the pew and every person in the pulpit, anybody that wants to get into the Word of God can understand this book. It connects the dots. It'll change your life. God has yeah, blessed it. sounds.
4: it, it sounds like it. Now, in our last... Uh... We've got about four minutes left here. I want to talk about the Forgotten Prophecy, which is the other part of your subtitle. What is the Forgotten Prophecy?
5: Yeah, well, actually, yeah, There, it says forgotten prophecy, but that is meant to be in the plural because forgotten prophecy. In other words, there's a lot of prophecy in the Bible that's just forgotten. So I, I deal with five or six of them in there. Uh, one of them, just very quickly, and and, and this is the, the, the sweetest one, I suppose, is from Ephesians 1, where God says, look, the mystery has, I mean, Paul says, the, look, the mystery has been revealed to us, what God is up to. He is taking everything in heaven, he's joining it with what is on earth under the headship of Jesus Christ, the family in heaven with the family on earth. The Bible speaks there are two families. God is bringing them together, everything together in the last days uh, under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. We will be a part of the heavenly realm. Let me let me put it like this. Pa- the apostle Paul says to the church, at Corinth he says don't you know you will judge angels you will judge the nations you will judge the world paul says john says you will sit on thrones you will rule and reign with jesus christ everything in heaven and earth will be brought together and you're going to be a part of it your divine nature will be restored to you peter says i mean this is amazing that's a different stuff. picture
4: of heaven than most people they think of yes. i'll be i'll be walking on streets of gold and then i'll be able to maybe fish in a beautiful Lake yes. And maybe play a harp or lay on a big, beautiful, you know, meadow of, of the greenest grass you've ever seen. And that sounds kind of boring to me. I, I guess I just I'm like, well, OK, if that's how it is, I'll probably find a way to like it. But I'm sort of a guy that wants a big challenge every day. And, and man, you're talking about, you know, God could give me an assignment for eternity. I could be in charge of some things. Uh, I could be, you know, given my own sector of the universe. Is that what you're talking about? That sounds really much more exciting than sitting around playing a harp.
5: Well, that's what the Bible says. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And if anybody doubts it, just think what he already does with the angelic realm right now. I mean, he uses them as fellow servants. He uses them. He allows them to go from one dimension to the other. He uses them in the administration of his justice. He uses them as mighty warriors. They're not laying around in the grass playing harps all day. Uh, They are actively engaged, actively involved in the kingdom work of God now But in the coming age, that is going to be put on steroids, according to the Word of God. And you and I are going to be a part of it if we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's one of the forgotten prophecies throughout the Word. God continually tells us, here's what's coming, here's what's coming. But you seldom hear it in a pulpit. You seldom hear it in a Sunday school class. You know, it's like, I've got my ticket, I'm going to heaven, and that's all I need to know. Really? But that's not all the
4: Bible says, Jim. Yeah, and you hear so much about the quote-unquote end of the world, and that's not biblical either. Exactly, the world is somehow going to. We're going to wake up one day, and it's going to be gone, and and it's going to. We're talking about a new heaven and a new earth, and and this continues on, but but after being cleansed, and so much in the book. I know you get into the Nephilim. I know you get into the flood, and uh, tinkering around with DNA and all of that nonsense. We're we're sort of going back there now, aren't we? Isn't that kind of maybe the biggest sign that we're getting close to the end?
5: Yes, Jesus said in Luke 17, he said the days just before his return, he said it'll be just like the days of Noah and just like it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the days of Lot. Brother, we're there. I mean, we may not be immersed in it yet, but we've already crossed over the line. We've stepped into the days of Noah and the days of Lot.
4: Pastor Carl Gallup, so great to have you with us. I'm so excited about this book. I'm going to read it. I want to recommend it to everybody. Pick it up over at Amazon.com. The book is called Gods and Thrones. Carl Gallops, thank you so much for being with us. If it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. Hi, this is radio talk show host Jim Paris. And if you are like me, you hate all of those monthly bills. Well, I reached the point about three years ago that I decided enough was enough and I went to war with my personal stack of monthly bills. I canceled cable TV and legally connected my television to the internet and now I get hundreds of free TV channels and I don't pay for cable TV. I found a little known way of getting free home phone service for life and I discovered a totally legal way to opt out of Obamacare and cut my health insurance bill by more than 60% per year. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you?